Um, so basically, I, I'll survive the zombie apocalypse, but I'll probably let everyone die. Right. Yeah. So I'm a terrible human being. Welcome to Rated NA, the podcast for the website uh, nerdappropriate.com. This is supposed to be 163, but who fucking knows? I think it's it is Comic-Con 163. Special, uh, extravaganza. This is going to be our weekly, or our weekly, our nightly wrap-ups of uh, We're tired, Comic-Con. guys. We're exhausted. <laughs> We're this opening is getting last... recorded at the last moment of our lives um, yeah. at Comic-Con. That sounded terrible. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to be all of them and, uh, we're going to go ahead and push right to it, right? Right. Sounds good. There we go. Hello, Matt. (laughs) I just burped. Did that go into the podcast? It's been recording. Okay. The burp is in the podcast. So where do we begin? We're in San Diego, California. Yes, we're sitting romantically on... We're on a hobo bench. We're on a hobo bench on the bay. And people are skateboarding behind us. Yeah. And uh, they're setting up a, a faux Gotham City behind us. And, and a Homer Simpson head. Yeah. And all sorts of stuff. That's we because sh- we're at Comic-Con. We are! San Diego Comic-Con 2014. And uh, what we're going to do is something similar to what we did at PAX. We're going to be doing... Um, Daily wrap-ups, and we're going to be doing this five times. I don't know how Scott's going to do this. I don't either. We're not sure how he's going to put this all together. The good news about this one is this one will probably be short because it was only preview night tonight. Preview. Preview night. Preview. <laughs> it is preview night. And, uh, um, I'm already fucking exhausted. <laughs> I'm so tired. I have no idea how I'm going to do this for several more days. But I'm so um, tired. Yeah. So it's uh, preview night. And uh, for those of our listeners that don't know what Preview Night is, uh, they sell a bunch of tickets for Preview Night, and you get to get in the night before Comic-Con really begins, and there's not really any panels, so to speak, so it's no, all I just there was floor. a few things, um, but nothing nothing huge. Yeah, they do like Trailer Park and yeah. maybe some screenings and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, so yeah, we uh, went to Preview Night. And uh, let's talk about it. It was pretty crowded. Yeah, I mean, it's not <laughs> like you have to talk about levels of crowded because yeah, the rest of Comic Con is going to be uh, insane. Yes, to say the least. Yeah. Just just an insane amount of people on the floor. And tonight was crowded in the sense that like there were more people than would be nice inside of preview night. Yeah. Like, like there were moments where you're like, Ugh, and you're like touching a lot of people because you can't get through a crowd and true. you're shuffling a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. of shuffling. There's definitely a lot of shuffle walking. And for those of you who have been to large conventions, you know of the shuffle walk. It's yeah. sort of like this strange waddle. It kind of starts to hurt your hips after a while. Yeah. Yeah. And you feel like a, like an old dog uh, with messed up hips. But it was good. I got, you, you can The best thing about preview night, excuse me. Sorry, Scott. Is that uh, we just had, we just had dinner, so yeah, we're a little we're, bur- a, little, we're a little burpy. Uh, the best thing about preview night is that um, you can kind of get the lay of the land, see see what's going on inside of the the floor. Yeah, so you know where the different booths are, and like I, you know, as opposed to our wives, 
my rule was kind of like, I'm not going to spend anything tonight because yeah. I've got five more days or four more days to figure out what I want to buy. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of find all this stuff. And then it, tonight's probably the only chance to get an exclusive. Uh, Absolutely. If you want to, which we both failed miserably at tonight. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to go to, I think, Hasbro for like this old toy ROM that I was a, a huge fan of as a kid. And uh, I was like, I got there like five minutes after the Comic-Con yeah. opened and they were like, nope. I uh, I wanted to get the Ghostbusters Funko Pop Toys and I got there 10 minutes after the con opened and they had already shut the de- shut the line down and were yelling at people <laughs> <laughs> to leave. Go away! Which, which I thought was crazy and I felt crazy and then our friend Jessica, we ran into Jessica Mirazin who mm. got in the line amazingly. Did, did she get her stuff? She did get the stuff she was looking She's for. She's a warrior. And said that and she, she backed up my story that Funko was yelling at people not not so fun co they don't want you to buy their shit when the line is capped they want you to go yeah, away they, they capped the line off and, and it was they had a crowd and then so then uh this is fun i went over to mondo because mondo had uh exclusive seven inches for batman's 75th anniversary that's very cool on. and they all look really awesome and i was like oh you know we had a bunch of friends that wanted them and, and i would have definitely taken one so i went over there and there was no one at the table and i thought oh my god i'm gonna get an exclusive from the con. This is amazing. <laughs> so I walk up to the table and I say, Hey, can I get this? And she goes, or I said, you know, how much are these? And she goes, Oh, well, these are $15 a piece. And I said, okay, where do I buy it? And she laughed and kind of looked at me and said, Oh, the line's back behind you and pointed. And I looked and sure enough, there was a line that ran like halfway down the con floor for these oh, Mondo yeah. seven inches. Yeah. So. The legend of comic con is true. There are lines literally for everything. Everything. So. everything. Um, you know, preview night, while it sounds like a, a great privilege, I mean, and it's awesome it to is. be able to get it, in. It is a better... It's still very crowded. Yes. You're not guaranteed anything by no. any means. You still have to kind of have a battle plan. Hasbro, um, Mattel, and Lego were like slam. Yeah, absolutely. And you went by the Dark Horse booth, too, I right? did. I was going to try and get some... They had some Dark Horse exclusive stuff. They had like some Mass Effect stuff and some Game of Thrones stuff, and that line also was crazy. So I mainly just kind of wandered around and, like you said, um, kind of got my feel for the floor and where things were and um, you know, a lot of really fun stuff this year, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. We can talk about one thing we did do. We did. What did we do? Oh, we, we played Sunset Overdrive. We did. Yeah. So there I are some you. games here. You big time. <laughs> like I was really fucking terrible at that game. Um, so there are games. We're going to be actually covering a lot of the games uh, at the show. So we'll be talking some folks from Dan Central and, yep. so, of course, some folks from Bioware. And, yeah. And, um, you know, we'll be covering some game stuff. But uh, they had Sunset Overdrive playable on the show floor, and we got to play um, eight-player co-op, sort of like a survival mode, which was cool. So what were your first uh, feelings on Sunset Overdrive? It is uh, jet grind. Yeah. Very jet grindy. Mixed with... It's hard. I don't know what kind of third-person shooter we want to say, because... It's fast. The shooting mechanic is definitely not... And they said this like in the pregame before we started playing, the shooting mechanic is definitely not the highlight of the game. Yeah. Like the gun, the guns I was firing, some of them are really awesome guns. There's nothing wrong with the mm-hmm. guns, but they, they don't feel like the centerpiece. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't feel like precision was key no. in sunset overdrive. Yeah, you yeah. kind of aimed in the general direction of your I target. Some auto aiming going on too. Yeah. A little bit of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like clicking into position. If you got yeah. close enough. Um, but it was fun. I had I had a real blast. I did a lot of like grinding up on on top of these like wires and 
lot of movement, you know, and they kept saying, they're like, don't sit on the ground, move around a lot. It's yeah. only one button to like, so it's the X button, essentially A jumps and X um, grinds. Yeah. grinds. And there really wasn't even a run. You're kind of like in a permanent, permanent run position. Yeah. And it, it was, it was just a really fast paced, fun game. We, we played a uh, sort of eight person co-op um Sort of like a horde mode, like a right? Horde yeah, mode. like yeah. the waves of increasingly difficult en- enemies. And they showed us um, about halfway through we could use traps. And I yeah. think each player had their own signature trap this time around. But you'll be able to customize your traps when the, the final game comes out. So you can actually, you know, plot with your friends um, when you're playing co-op and figure out how to lock down a base and defend the objective. So I think that, that kind of stuff is going to be really fun for... Uh, um, you know, a good large group of friends to play. And I mean, the, that seems going to be awesome. The point and rank system were weird because, like, I don't feel like I did a ton. Mm-hmm. I definitely killed a lot of things, not always on purpose, but, like, it was weird. I, I got third out of eight. and I, I got seventh. <laughs> but in my defense, my controls were inverted for about half the match. Oh, and I was like, in pilot mode. Huh? I was in pilot mode. Thanks, Derek. Um, <laughs> And I was like, I can't do this. And finally, the guy showed me how to swap, you swap yeah, it out. I just, uh, it was. Did you die? No, I didn't die. Okay, yeah. No, I, I was I able to kind of. I was able to avoid enemies pretty easily. Like they weren't really going yeah, after. They me. They said it was a little nerfed. Yeah, that, that it wasn't. This is not as hard as it could have been. They want you to feel like you're actually yeah, doing yeah. well. Like I think they, you know, how demo modes are. Yeah, they like, don't want you to just extended suck. ammo, weak enemies. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause he was like, it's going to be hard to, you get this like style bar and the, the more you do stuff, the better your style is. And, uh-huh. and he was like, well, it's going to be real hard to level up your style. And I maxed out like in like a minute. Oh really? Yeah. I, I think it was, it was pretty nerfed, but, but it was, fun. he was paying our group a lot of compliments. I don't know if he did that to every group, but he was like, you guys are doing better <laughs> than anyone ever yeah. before. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm awesome. Then I look seventh place. Yeah. And like the other person that got lower than me was like a three year old. Yeah. <laughs> He was a savant, though. I think we had a savant. Yeah, he was, he was pretty good. Um, um, so, you know, preview night was awesome, and we probably won't, we won't stay on this too long because I know the rest of the days are going to go super long. But, yeah, um, yeah, because we didn't do much else. Uh, tomorrow we got – I have a lot of gaming stuff. I don't know what you're going to be up to, but we'll uh, report back in at the end of the day. I'm going to do something. Yes. I'm going to do something because it is my duty to do something. All right. Hello! Welcome! It's night two. It's night two, San Diego Comic-Con Which is technically night one. Yeah, kind of. It feels like night a million already. Yeah, it does. Um, so it's Thursday. We had our first full day. And we have some... Text messages! Special guests with us. We have our wives. Wives ruin lives! <laughs> <laughs> Say your names, because uh, you guys haven't hey, been Hey, it's Melissa and Christina. Welcome. You guys sound exactly the same. This should not be hard for people to decipher <laughs> yeah, at all. Our listeners will never be able to decipher who is who. So, the reason why we have our wives on is because um, they did some stuff that we didn't do. Correct. So, we figured we'd have them on, and that way we have more to talk about. Sure. So, um, why don't we just kind of go one by one and kind of plow through it. You guys did a lot of stuff together, so you guys can... And both talk Kick about Kick it off, you stuff. two. Yeah, why don't you guys start? We started our day at the 24 panel in Ballroom 20 with Kiefer Sutherland and... John Kassar, who's the was director. 
Was a uh, Scub there? What's her name? No, it was Kiefer just Sutherland. The oh, just the two of them. <laughs> yes, but it was very informative. He talked about his uh, backstory a little bit and a lot about his... Kiefer did? Yes, uh, about uh, Jack Bauer and how he um, relates to that character and how he loves being a badass. Um, some of the panel questions from the audience were uh, if you were in a fight with your dad, who's also an actor, uh, who do you think would win in a fight? That would be Donald. Yes, Donald. He said, who would win in a fight? And Kiefer said, you know, blah, 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 something, blah, blah, blah. And then at the very end was like, um, I could totally kick my dad's ass, which was really funny. So, um, but that panel well, was really also good. also asked if he would cosplay at Comic-Con, who would he cosplay as? And he said, a stormtrooper. It's interesting. I yes. wonder if he's secretly a big Star Wars fan. I'm sure. Yeah. Who he's a Comic-Con pro, right? He's, he's been, been here been many while. years. Yeah. yeah. I saw him many years ago at a 24 panel. Yeah. So you guys opted to kind of do... Um, camp out. Yeah, camp out, which is, is a brave thing. So you showed up early and went to the second biggest hall in the show and kind of stuck around for a while. So... You guys saw 24, was there anything, like we both, I came into to Ballroom 20 to see Community, which was at 2. So funny. The Community Season 6 panel, which was fantastic. Hilarious. Um, but was there anything between uh, 24 and Community that you saw that was like good or bad? Um, well, um, the one thing I was really excited about was they showed the premiere episode of Scorpion, which is based on the true story of Walter O'Brien, who is the fourth smartest person in the entire world. He has the fourth highest IQ in the entire world. Um, so he is a contributing writer and producer on the show. And um, it was pretty action-packed, I'll have to say. I'm excited to know where the characters are going to go um, with it. Uh, it seemed like a really cool... like. Smart, techie kind of thing. Curious though, so he's very smart, but he also mm-hmm. is actiony. No. no, it's also produced by yes. Roberto Orsi. Orsi, yeah, yeah, Orsi, and Alex Kurtzman, mm-hmm. who produced Lost. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of like you can kind of they have that like signature feel mm-hmm. to them. So it you can tell it's like, also it's, like, a it's CBS a lot of chaos. Show. Like that chaos feel where something happens and somebody else has to like do something in five seconds to make this thing it's, happen. It's and... also a CBS show. Ah, <laughs> it had a, it had a very CSI ish vibe to yeah. it. A lot of lot of timed things that they had to do. Take computer genius. We must do this in ninety seconds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, so like set a up computer genius, scenarios. an electrician, uh, like an electronics genius who can like hack into cars and like put a whole system together and mm, unlock yeah. locks from remote locations. And it's like Robert Patrick and Catherine McPhee and the lead guy. I don't really know from anything else. Robert but... Patrick, of course, is T one thousand from Terminator. Yeah, so awesome. Um, what, was he from anything else, Christina? The lead actor is from World War Z. He also he played the computer guy on the plane wow. with Brad Pitt. And he, he and was in Game of Thrones. He is he was? part of the yes. Kalasar under Cal Drogo. Oh. oh, yeah, he's like the second-in-command guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he follows Daenerys like, for a while yeah, after he's that. Like one of the loyal Yeah, ones. yeah, I totally yeah. didn't even put that together. Yeah, he is yeah. that guy. 
Uh, I mean, it was it was a. I watched it as well. It was a interesting show. I think that it has a very CBSy vibe. If and Scott will know exactly what that means when he hears yeah. it, but um, it I could did, be good. What I did but... like about it though is that there's a young child who is mm-hmm. also like a genius, super genius, yeah. Um, but his mom doesn't know that. There's that that aspect of like she just doesn't know what to do with him. He doesn't connect emotionally. She wants to be a good mom, but she, like he he's not social. He doesn't have emotions, right. and so they kind of went into that aspect of like those people who are super geniuses, but they don't have that emotional aspect of like that that what they call it EQ. Yeah, e- yeah, they have an IQ. IQ, IQ and EQ. EQ. It's your emotional intelligence quotient, your emotional quotient. So I liked that aspect of the show because, I mean, as a teacher, I see that at school. Like I have those students who can't connect that way. So I thought that was interesting. And I would say that the panel, like the questions that came up from that panel were more real, like honest questions than come up in a lot of panels. A lot of panels, it's like, like you guys said before, what what would you cosplay as if you were at... Which is, like, a fun question, and there's right. nothing wrong with those questions, but these were very much like a teacher got up and asked, you know, what... How would you recognize how would you the reco- signs? How would you recognize the signs of a, of a student who was, you know, high IQ, low EQ? As opposed to being just slower, <clears throat> because they... For every... Like, Walter uh, O'Brien um, explained it. For every one question that somebody has in class, he had ten questions. Yeah. Twenty, so, anyways, yeah, he, it was an interesting show. It was an interesting show. I think that it it's an interesting concept that could be very CBSified, and if they can lower the CBSification, you know, how of I the met show, your mother was on CBS, and it was very good. Yeah, well, there's a lot of shows on CBS <laughs> that are very good. So I even heard I don't watch Teen Wolf, but I may watch it one day. That it just got announced that they were doing season five, five. twenty episodes, yes, yes. split Normally, into two parts. Uh, 10, 12, 12 yeah. 12 and now they're getting a full 20 episode season, which is very exciting. And they're, they're going to take a break in the middle, I'm assuming? I think it's going to be part A, part B. Yeah. Okay. But they do that now. But it, this is an official... Well, maybe it is just straight then. I don't know that they're going to take a break. They didn't really say. They just said 20 episodes instead of the usual 12 that they do. So what was the panel about? Teen Wolf. It was about Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we love okay. Teen Wolf because it has turned into more of a supernatural show. Beacon Hills is literally the hell mouth, if you will, of uh, the Buffy universe. It is the Beacon Hills. Like it is just everyone's drawn to it. The supernatural is drawn to it, mm-hmm. um, and they've brought in a lot of different supernatural monsters characters, um, like uh, berserkers and wind windigos, and uh, it's just gotten really exciting. And I like where the show is going because they're introducing not just a teenage it's not just wolf. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Oni Oni Kutsa, what's the word? Kitsune. 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 And Oni. Uh, uh, and Oni. And, I was uh, close. Nigitsune. Nigitsune. Wear panthers. Wear panthers. Wear jaguars. Wear coyotes. Coyotes. Wear panthers. And then they are, made a joke about a wear ch- cheetah because yeah. he was really fast at running. Oh. Yes. Cool. Um, but yeah, the panel was really cheetah. fun. Uh, the actors are really great, um, and they are very hyper. So. I'm sure, they're excited. It made yes. for good comedy. 
I just like their banter with each other because you can tell that in Offset, they're actually really good friends with each other, and they like especially the two main, like the in the show, the two main character, two of the main characters, who are best friends in the show, are literally best friends in real life, and I think that adds to the show because you can tell like that nothing is ever awkward, you know. It's it more you can tell that it's like just natural. A certain level of comfort, exactly. They they get along all the time. So, what did you guys do when Team Wolf was done, and did you guys stick around, or what did you guys do after that? We, we tried to exit Ballroom 20 and realized we went the wrong way, so we had to walk around the entire building to get back to the escalator to get downstairs. Um, and Christina and I split ways. I went back to the hotel and had a nice um, snack and a beer with my husband. That's me. And then Matt and I went to... A party. Yeah. And then... (laughs) It was was cool. It was a Penny Dreadful party, basically. And um, it was at the U.S. U.S. Grant. It was all themed Penny Dreadful. There was like tarot cards and they had themed drinks and food. Chandeliers and... Cool. It was cool looking. Bloody Dreadful. Did they have Ava Green there? No. No, but... Josh Hartnett. No. And Dorian Gray. Well, he wasn't there yet, but But, he's uh, the character that plays Dorian, or the actor that plays Dorian Gray in the show, and the actor that plays Dr. Frankenstein was there, um, and that was exciting. Cool. That's cool. I just walked around the floor, uh, the exhibit hall, for about two hours. Got some good Um, stuff, I saw. I did. I got lots of things. Marvel was doing their, like, giveaway hour, so it was, like, madness at the Marvel booth, as expected, but... Um, they had some really cool stuff. Um, let's see, what else did I see on the floor? Um, we got our exclusive ugly dolls this year, too. It was yesterday, but we still got them. It was, um, DC and Ugly Doll, um, co did Ugly Dolls this year. And, uh... They're super ugly. They are pretty ugly. They're, they're, they're yeah. terrifying. It's a Joker ugly doll. It is. And he's huge. Yeah. He's, he's one of the two foot plush. Extra ugly. So he's he's big <laughs> ugly doll. Double the ugly. Um, no, I mean the floor was actually pretty chill today. Um, I could actually walk at like normal human speed. Um, and I don't know if that's because I, I was talking about this earlier that there's so much other stuff to do outside of the con and they're doing a lot of panels and things in the hotels that the floor just felt not empty but definitely not like a packed sardine can like normal so it was actually really nice to walk around and just be able to see things I could actually stop and take pictures of cool things that I saw a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy stuff so I'm excited about that um, oh, I did go into the Cartoon Network had like a booth where you could like go inside and they had like uh, four different stations set up where you could take your picture with like the prop, like props, not actual props, obviously, because it's cartoons, but things that they've built. Um, so you could go in there and then you would take your picture. So adventure time picture. Um, and then I just kind of walked around and tried to, you know, see a lot of things that you know, when it does get packed, you, you know, you, they shuffle you along so you can't really, like, stop and look at things. Yeah. I actually had a chance to do that today. Cool. That's cool. 
Matt, what did you do this fine day? <sighs> I got up and went to the floor, did some photography of some cosplay, so that'll go up on the site. Camibutts.com. Um, no. Or lots, Our like, so many cami butts. It was crazy. <laughs> I actually haven't seen No, I didn't see any. Show. I saw no camis. It's a brave costume. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but last year there was a ton of camis. Yeah. And with Street Fighter for Ultra... I think there'd be more. that there's not more cameos. There were not. Maybe I think, tomorrow. I haven't seen any Chun Li's either. I think Usually the best. I think the best I saw was all Disney villains. It was like a big family of Disney villains. It was really awesome, uh, and some other random photography just around on the floor. Some a lot of Rocket <coughs> Raccoon things around, yes. as I noticed. Um, and then I saw the community panel. Snuck back into Ballroom Twenty for that. Ran into Marissa Meyer. Tried to get into her panel uh, as we all did, but it was packed like insanely packed so we didn't get into that one but went back to ballroom 20 got into community and uh, it was hilarious it was dan Harmon, uh joel McHale, gillian jacobs chris mckenna yeah. dean stephanopoulos mm-hmm. and uh, jo- uh, uh jim, rash. Jim, rash. jim rash and um they are just funny people so it's really funny to just listen to them talk and talk about the show and the concepts and they talked about season six and what it'll be and what it won't. They made fun of the fact that they're not on network TV anymore a couple times. Lots of times. They made fun of... Exclusive to Yahoo. Yeah, exclusive to Yahoo screens is what it's <laughs> called. And, uh... I, I mean, like, as many jokes as you can make. Like, they, they also made jokes that, like, finally now community fans can watch the show as they've always watched it online anyways, was just, the joke. Just now <laughs> it's legal. But now it's legal. <laughs> so, I mean... It, you know, poignant and funny as as Dan Harmon tends to be, but it was good. Uh, they talked very vaguely about concepts. It seems like I think they're all as shocked to have a season right. six as we are that they have it. Yeah, it didn't sound like a lot had been really planned. Well, I mean, it really only got announced right. about a month ago. It really hasn't been that long yeah. I mean, since I, I they've decided the it. Was a, the panel got accepted before the news. The news. So the panel is like called like Remembering Community <laughs> yeah. or something like that, like a post-mortem. Uh, but there's a bunch of community stuff around. Yahoo's dumping a bunch of money into this. So it seems like maybe Yahoo realizes that they're sitting on a gold mine of some sort. And really, honestly, Yahoo needs something like this, which is original content that, that makes mm-hmm. sense for the internet. And in support, Subway was giving away free, free sandwiches. Free sandwiches today from 4 to 8, <laughs> which was funny. Uh, I took a picture and Instagrammed it. Um, I did that, and then I left, and I went to um, the floor, saw... Or no, I didn't go to the floor. I walked to I went to Jolton Joe's and saw Geek and Sundry's area. And they have a big tabletop. It's basically all tabletop, honestly, inside. They have two rooms... It's all tabletop. Everything's set up. You can rent and play for free. Rent and play any game that tabletop's ever played, which was cool. Um, it's a bit hot in Jolton Joe's, so I didn't really stick around too long. But it's neat, and I'm glad they're supporting tabletop at Comic Con because it really like that doesn't exist in too many other places. There's not a lot of tabletop here yeah. at all, which is strange. So it was neat to see that. Um, and there was like a few things like they had big cardboard cutouts of Felicia Day and Will Wheaton you could take pictures with and whatever. It, it was neat. And then I ducked out of there and went to Nerd HQ and kind of walked around Nerd HQ, which is, I'm happy to say, much easier to find and get into than it was last year. Oh, really? I swear to God I walked all over Petco Park last year and never found it. (laughs) And this year there are huge signs that say Nerd HQ and Nerdist, because Nerdist is helping them sponsor it. 
And then you walk in and there's like greeters who are like, please go up the escalator and take a left. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So they have a bunch more volunteer staff, it looks like, helping out and getting everybody into the area. And it's big. They've got tons of stuff to do. And and Melissa and I already talked. We're going to hang out there Sunday. We have have a panel to go to anyways. So we're going to hang out and check out all the games. I think I saw uh, Sunset Overdrive, which we played and talked about already, was there. Um, Settlers of Catan, like iPad game, and like a bunch of other stuff. Sonic and, and a bunch Alien of stuff. Aliens there, too. Aliens there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bunch, a bunch of stuff is there, so it's pretty cool. Um, and then I came back, so kind of had a relaxing day. I've been trying to not kill myself at this con because I tend to overstress it, and then on Saturday I just want to die. So yeah. I'm trying to make it through this thing without murdering anyone this time, which is my main goal. Murder's bad. And take lots of pictures, which I'm doing for you guys. So hopefully we'll Excellent. have lots of awesome photos put up. Excellent. How about you, Ash? Well, I had everything conveniently written down in my badge, but I can't find that now. It's so, there. Oh, there it is. So um, this morning, what did I do? Oh, I went to the uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt panel. You were tweeting was, that up. Yeah, so I um, went there bright and early. It was a 10 a.m. panel, so I, I got there about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes beforehand, and it's going to panels when you're by yourself is super easy, because you can always get a seat up close, because most people have, like, a seat next to them that they're, like, pretending to save for someone, or they just, you know, spread out too much, so you can slide in. So I got a good seat for the panel, and um, the guys from CD Projekt Red are from Poland, and they actually just had flown in, so they were talking about how jet lag they were, really enthusiastic, really excited, um... The, they did a 30-minute live gameplay, um, basically there for the audience. So it's 30 minutes of gameplay of Witcher 3. Looks and plays wonderfully. Um, something really funny happened during the panel, though. Uh, there was a major audio glitch, and all the, the voice characters <laughs> stopped functioning. And they happened to have the voice actor who plays the main character, um, Gerald of Rivia, actually there on the panel. And so they turned on the subtitles, and he read all of Gerald's lines in real time. That's cool. And then did all the voices of all the other people he was interacting with. And some of his voices for the other characters were fucking terrible. (laughs) But he was having fun with it, and everyone was laughing, and it made it so much better than it it should have been. So that was really, really kind of cool. The game, honestly, looks incredible. I mean, vast open world, you know... As big as Skyrim, just the, the the combat system looks incredible. Everything everything about it looks like a lot of fun. So that was a good way to kind of start the show. Um, then I actually stuck around for the Toy Story panel. Um, yeah, there what, is, what was that? Yeah, so Toy Story, they, they've been working on it for two years, and it's a Toy Story Christmas special um, that stars the Trixie the Triceratops. Is that her name? I think so. Yeah, Trixie the Triceratops. And um, it's a little, like, half an hour short that's going to appear on um, ABC uh, starting on December 2nd. And what it is is um, they kind of encountered this rogue band of robotic dinosaurs that this this neighbor's kid has, like, a special playset of. And so they go on this adventure um, and in this robot dinosaur kind of world together. <laughs> and it looks incredible, um, really, really funny. It's only like 22 minutes long, so it's, it's amazing, you know, that it took them so long to produce it. But um, yeah, so yeah, I can't for the life of me remember the, the name of it. It's like Toy Story Christmas the, Special. Yeah, you know, it was like the, the the 
something that time forgot or something like that. So I apologize. I didn't write it down, and I'm super fucking tired. So, so I did that, and then um, I don't think we need to drop fucking f bombs. Uh, we are explicit. Oh, that's true. Especially when talking about Toy Story, which is for <laughs> children. Um, then I, I had an appointment to uh, check out Dragon Age, and unfortunately, my appointment was literally just sitting through the demo that they played at E3, uh, read by somebody, like literally reading off a teleprompter, the exact same dialogue from the E3 demo. But I sat through it anyway, um, and it was good to see it in like you know. I didn't go to E3, so what um, I watched, I watched, you know, streaming over the television, or, yeah, streaming over the tel- television, so it was good to see it actually um, rendered in front of me. Um, really pretty, gameplay looks great, and then when that was done, I met up with um, Bioware author Patrick Weeks, who wrote pieces of Mass Effect and wrote um, Mass Empire, and he's writing, of course, Dragon Age Inquisition, a bunch of characters for that, and I... Luckily, um, you guys gave me a lot of questions to ask him because uh, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the interview, so you guys gave me amazing questions to ask him, so thank you for that. that Does he like was, me? He likes you. That's good. He likes I was you. worried. He actually wondered where you were. Uh, like, no press badge. Yeah. He's like, where is he? I'm a bummer. It's all right. It's all right. So that was fun. We talked to Patrick, or I talked to Patrick for a while. And uh, always a nice dude to have on, super, super nice. Um, then I kind of, I went on the floor for a while, and I agree with what Christina said. It wasn't all that crowded. I mean, it was crowded, but it wasn't, I mean, there have been years where it's literally shoulder oh, to shoulder. you just can't move. Yeah, yeah. and you can't move at all. You so this year wasn't. Day, you can't stop and like, I'm like, I actually want to buy something there, yeah. and they like, you just can't. Yeah, it wasn't but, that bad at all. Because I said the same thing to Melissa while we were, we were having a beer today. I said, it's weird, it doesn't feel as busy, like I don't want to jinx it, but it doesn't feel as busy this year as it did last year or the year before. But then I also realized it's only Thursday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not Friday or Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and Saturday may be wall-to-wall people, for all we know, which it Probably. usually is. So We'll see yeah. what happens. But but today was enjoyable on the floor, I yeah. will say. Um, and I was going to go check out Sunset Overdrive, but since Matt and I played it the other day, I was like, yeah. I will kind of pass on that panel. Is it because you sucked at it? That, yes, <laughs> I was terrible at the game, and I was like, I can't, I can't endure this anymore. Then um, I decided to try and get into the Star Wars Rebels panel because I was a huge um, Clone Wars fan, and I'm a big fan of Dave Filoni, and I really like um, seeing Dave Filoni speak because oh, was he there? He was there. He's, yeah, he's awesome. in charge of Rebels yeah. too. So um, I did get into Rebels. I got a, a nice close seat to that, and, and got to watch um, the cast of Rebels, including Mr. Freddie Prince Jr. Um, talk about their roles and she's all that Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> he's on Witches of East End as well. Freddie Prince Jr. is yes. wow. Yes, he is. He's quite the voice actor these days. So I got to see some clips from um, Rebels, and they showed a kind of a, a teaser trailer at the end that had some familiar characters from um, from Star Wars. It was funny um, when the audience got to ask questions. The first like three or four questions were all the Star same. Star Wars thing. Seven. No, it was, it was actually about um, what happened to certain characters at the end of Clone uh, Wars. Like, where's Ahsoka? Where's Ahsoka? Where's Ahsoka? Is Ahsoka yeah. coming back? Where's Ahsoka? And Dave Filoni literally sat back in his chair and pulled his hat over his eyes. He's like, I can't say anything about Ahsoka. And uh, so he, he got a little bit of... Uh, yeah, I know. Everybody wants Ahsoka to come back, so maybe we'll see that. But uh, Rebels looks great. Like, I... Um, 
I was a little bit on the fence with some of the initial shots of it um, because it is on Disney XD, and um, I was like, oh man, is it going to be extra kiddie because it's on Disney XD? And some of the initial shots I saw and and trailers I saw kind of made it look a little bit more juvenile. But the trailer I saw today gave me goosebumps. I mean, massive star battles, great lightsaber fights, um, good, you know, Star Wars style humor. Um, I love the characters. I love the, the, the relationship already between these rebels. I mean, you have like, you know, really great archetypes. You have a Mandalorian, you have a Jedi, you have a kid discovering his Jedi powers for the first time. You have like a Chewbacca style character. Um, I think it's going to be really, really great. The art style is a little jarring from when I saw it at WWDC. Um, it's not the Clone Wars art style. It's different. It is a little more, I don't want to say cartoony, just it's rounder if that if yeah, that makes no. sense because what i think what feloni said is that they took a lot of the concept art from uh, ralph mcquarrie and they actually tried to bring that to life okay and so a lot of like the ships and um character designs and stuff like that are actually uh mcquarrie's original designs like the there's a character um played by the voice actor steve bloom who um actually was the initial concept art for chewbacca and uh Obviously, they didn't use it, but now they're using it for this show. So I think that's really yeah. It really looks cool. it looks a little different, but um, I wouldn't worry about the XD thing too much. You know, Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes was on XD. Oh, was Ultimate Spider Man was on XD. Like they, they do, they do more. I think it's just because their logo action adventure. Really it is a pretty terrible logo. <laughs> <laughs> they they do a lot more action adventure cartoons. I think for XD than than other stuff. Yeah. So cool. Well, since we're all passing out, let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up and go to sleep, and then we will uh, be back tomorrow with Friday's adventures. And I think we all have a lot to do tomorrow. So. Oh, do we? Yeah. Good night, everybody. Good night. Fart time. Hey, everybody. It is. Well, this is actually okay. So secretly, it's Saturday. Yeah. But um, we're going to talk about Friday. Correct. We had a super long day on Friday, so we were kind of uh, too tired to record in the evening. I don't think we got in till late. Um, yeah, it was no. after midnight, right? Yeah. By the time we ate. And, and uh, it was maybe approaching midnight, if you will. Which is, which is late for us olden. That's three in the morning for us. Yeah, that's true. On so East Coast time. We were a little bit tired, but... Um, I said we should do it before. I agreed, but... Things happen. So anyway, uh, Friday was crazy. Why don't you start, Matt, and then I'll, I'll end up with that. Um, yeah, Friday. your day was considerably crazier than mine. I uh, started in um, room 24 for a writer's panel. Cool. And uh, tweeted out some slides, and some people seemed excited about that uh, on, our, on our old tweeters. But uh, it was uh, pretty awesome. It was um, some of the people who hire the staff writers for NBC, along with a writer from... Uh, and co-executive producer from Person of Interest and one of the writers from Arrow. Awesome. Um, it was uh, pretty insightful, pretty awesome to hear a lot of good information about the reality of being a writer in Hollywood and what it means to write for TV, kind of the different paths you can take and what you need to do and not need to do. Um, just one of those great, like, super informational, honest panels that we've we've run across every year, it seems like, in some form or fashion. Yeah, you uh, mentioned to me that it was like a really positive one, and I love panels like that where you walk away and you're like, "Oh shit!" Like, like positive in a realistic way. 
Yeah. Like, did at no point were they like, everyone in this room's going to be a sitcom writer. Yeah. But it was just like, hey, you know, if you really want to do this, there is a way in. And it makes sense and it's doable. Yeah. Like, but you need, and you have to be really good. You have to put down the work. Yeah. yeah. Like, you need to write a lot and you need to, you know, learn from other people how to. And, and it was uh, it was pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, then after that, I hit the floor for a bit, um, took some pictures, was doing a lot of the Instagrams, um, which you can follow us at, and and uh, did a little shopping, a little Chopin. Cool. And got some stuff, some neat books and things, and then uh, uh, went to another writer's panel with Jane Espenson and Brad Bell from Husbands. Awesome. Love Jane Espenson. And uh, they were, again, super awesome. Talked about character development and kind of the role that gender and sexuality plays in writing yeah. and whether it really matters or not. Like, like how to write that character. Not that it doesn't matter, but how to, like not worry about stereotypes when writing and just be honest to the person, to the character you're trying to create. Yeah. Um, because Brad Bell had a really great point about how, you know, as a gay man, he, he'll write gay people of all spectrum because mm-hmm. he's like, you know, there's not one kind of gay person. There's many kinds and some of them are effeminate. Some of them love Broadway. Like that's just, this is like <laughs> yeah. the reality of being a human, not yeah, being yeah. a gay person. And, Absolutely. Uh, he said he's gotten backlash for it before from all sides, like the gay community as well as like yeah. straight. And so it, it was a really interesting panel. Um, man, what else did I do? Went to uh, maybe that was about it. I think it, my day was was we had lunch. Busy. Which was you and I had smart. a wonderful lunch together. It was awesome. We found a, a place uh, in our hotel. And we're not mentioning it anymore because every gonna... place I mention gets packed out the yeah, next year. So we found a place where it was like, hey, sure, you want a seat. Awesome. Hey, you want a, a cheap, delicious hamburger? Awesome. Here yeah, it is. No exactly. lines, nothing. So Brian Posehn from Nerd Poker sat behind me. Yeah. So it, it's a secret <laughs> spot. Um, if you message us on Twitter at Nerd Appropriate, we will tell you the spot. Maybe. Maybe. Otherwise, Depends it's our secret. Trustworthy or not. Yeah. Can't share um, it. And then did a bunch of work otherwise for Nerd Appropriate. Got some stuff going for cool. the nap and all that. So Is this five? Nap five? Nap five. Still alive. It's crazy. It's That's nap the name five. of it. I feel like, yeah, nap five. Wow. How'd that happen? Then what we do in the evening, we can talk um, about that. Well, you went on a special thing that you get to I talk did. about. I think I'll talk about that last. Uh, otherwise, we took the ladies out to eat at one of uh, a favorite restaurant of Melissa and I's. What's it called? We can, we can it mention that. It is called, we could mention it. Social Club something? We'll add it's, it in later. It's delicious. It's delicious social club. We're tired, guys. Yeah, I'm it's, a little worn. <laughs> it's Saturday morning. I didn't really get a full coffee. Yeah. Because the I line for it. Starbucks this morning was the most ridiculous I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. Like and I was like, block. nope, and just went and got a small coffee instead. But yeah, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Today, uh, actually, have a ton of panels to do. So I'm ready. My That's body exciting. is ready. How about you? Uh, so yesterday, I had like a day of... Um, stuff set up with interviews and such and most of it i recorded so we'll share it with you guys in some capacity but i started out with um the the uh, press conference for a movie called horns um which is directed by alexander aja i'm saying his name wrong but i say it wrong every time and he did uh, movies like um, high tension and hills have eyes and really great director and um written by uh it's based on a novel written by joe hill who did lock and key and Horns uh, stars Daniel Radcliffe, and the two of them just talked about the process of um, 
putting the film together and and some of their inspirations for the film and i actually got a chance they sent me a screener copy of the film i got a chance to see it and it's really pretty amazing it follows daniel radcliffe um and he gains the ability he grows these horns uh, because of this tragic event in his life and he gains the ability to have the people around him say exactly what they're feeling with no filter which turns out to be a really scary thing so he'll have like a conversation with his parents and his mom will be like i don't love you like you're annoying get away from (laughs) me and and, you know it's it's really intense and it's a murder mystery uh, it's shot in the Pacific Northwest, and um, it's actually, uh, you guys probably know by now, but I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan, and I just got this crazy, when I was watching it, I got this crazy Twin Peaks vibe from Horns, and uh, I asked, I got a chance to ask, ask Alexander ask. about that. I got ask to him. ask him? Yeah. I got a chance to ask him about it, and he actually ended up using one of the cin- cinematographers that worked with David Lynch in the past, so there was a little bit of a link there. Um, Joe Hill the the writer was uh really enthusiastic a lot of fun super articulate fun nice guy so i can't wait for you guys to check out that audio um then i had a bit of a break and um i went to a press conference for um uh shadows of mordor so the the upcoming game from monolith uh which is coming out in october uh it's in dragon age's old time slot mm-hmm. of october 7th so I got to, to talk to um, uh, Christian Kentamasa, who is uh, he was the um, writer of Red Dead Redemption, and he's also writing Shadows of Mordor. Awesome, awesome writer. And uh, Troy Baker was there, so I got to listen to Troy Baker tell some stories. And uh, I was I've never gotten a chance to talk to Troy Baker before, mm-hmm. uh, who you know everybody knows he's he's voiced absolutely everything, but. Um, what a incredibly articulate, smart dude! Like really? he's not just he's not just like all style because he's like of all the, like the the male voice actors, you know he dresses well, he's like yeah. really well kept, and you're just like oh, is this guy just kind of like you know an actor actor? But no, he's like he's incredibly incredibly intelligent hmm. and, and talked about his process and and kind of what's going to make the char- character of Talion a little bit different than um, the other characters that he's played in the past. So I think he's he's. A little bit fearful at this point that people are going to get sick of him and sick of his voices because honestly, like He's Bioshock, in Infinite, yeah. Last of Us, like Saints Row Four, like in the past two years alone, he's voiced like the majority of the male the characters. Big, the big games, yeah. yeah, so you know he's back in this um, Shadows of Mortar, and uh, honestly, uh, after talking to these guys, I'm really excited for this game more than I was before. They kind of delved into a lot of the Tolkien lore and. Um, the the game takes place between um, the Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings saga, so you get to kind of see those years in between as Sauron's building his armies. So um, for Lord of the Rings fans, I think it's going to be fun, and the game mechanics look really cool too. So um, that was a fun one. Got to talk to those guys, and you guys will get to hear that too. Um, and then I went to a bunch of press conferences for uh, 20th Century Fox, so I got to sit in and, um, <laughs> yeah... Uh, yeah, I'll tell this story. <laughs> Why not? I got to sit in on uh, the Kingsman press conference, uh, which had Samuel L. Jackson and Colin Firth and uh, a bunch of other, uh, you know, incredible actors on it. Um, and I'll I'll share the audio with you guys because it's really funny. But there's a there's a, a part during the press conference, and this was a huge press conference. Like there's probably like fifty to a hundred journalists there, so I was by no means special in this one. Um, and 
one of the reporters there was using their cell phone as their recording tool and they put it up on the table right in front of Samuel L. Jackson. And so midway through the press conference, this person's cell phone goes off and starts ringing. And of course, Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson stops the press conference in front of like a hundred journalists and all the other actors grabs the person's cell phone and answers it. And he's like, hello, who is this? And has this conversation with the person on the other end. And I don't think the person on the other end really knew that they were talking to Samuel Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson. And I think after about a minute of conversation, they did understand they were talking to Samuel L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson basically called out the the journalist and was like, "Uh, whose phone is this? Come here and get your phone. Don't you know to not use your phone during a press conference (laughs) like this? And the person wouldn't come get their phone. And Samuel Jackson was actually trying to be really nice. He was like, I don't know if your stuff's still recording. Come get your stuff. And they wouldn't fess up to actually having their phone ring. He's like, all right, I'm going to be watching your phone. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was really, really funny. And he's uh, he was actually, um, it seemed like he was in a really good mood and having a good time. But um, Kingsman um, is, you know, I think going to be an incredible film. It kind of harkens back to the old classic James Bond um, type you know type of story, super mm-hmm. spies and, and things of that nature. But it's, it's very modern, has a kind of a, a comedic, um, tone to it um, and I think uh, you people will really like that and of course um, you people I think people <laughs> I think people not you people people will really end up liking Kingsman um, sat through a press conference for Hitman 47 and all uh, that's uh, starring Zachary Kinto of Star Trek fame and Heroes fame and share the audio with that not going to get too much into that one uh, what else did I? Oh, Book of Life. So, uh, Book of Life is a new animated film uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro, uh, not Gorilla Moo, <laughs> not Gorilla <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> I can say his name perfectly fine. I just I love when people can't say Guillermo and they say. Gorilla- I had a friend who said Gorilla Moo. Gorilla Moo. <laughs> Gorilla Moo del Toro. Yeah. So uh, Guillermo del Toro was there, and I'm a huge fan, obviously, of his work. I think as of most people are, and. I've been seeing him at Comic Con for years, and he is honestly still just a big kid that like loves this stuff. Yeah. Um, actually, I remember I was here at one of you know his earlier Comic Cons when he was plugging Hellboy, and uh, I just remember him being so excited and so enthusiastic. Yeah. And um, he's still the same way now. And um, Book of Life stars uh, Christina Applegate and Channing Tatum, and they were both there on the panel. And I'll share that audio with you guys. But um, Christina Applegate awesome still super funny was a fan of her since married with children so you know it's cool to see her talk and channing tatum you know gotta love the guy he has a great (laughs) time he's super talented um i think one of the first questions one of the journalists asked was something about like his sex appeal or something like that and everybody on the panel gave him shit because you know he's he's a total sex symbol and and uh he knows it but uh you know he was he was a nice dude he had a a really fun time on the panel and i I think it was cool that he um chose to do this animated film that kind of uh it's it's a little bit from what i understand from the from the um press conference it has to do with day of the dead and mexican folklore and he plays a character that's like kind of dripping with machismo like a big giant mustache like a, a mexican sort of superstar um, and I think it's funny that he chose to to do this role and cool that he did. So um, that was it, I think, for the press conferences that I sat Vikings. through. Well, the Vikings, yeah. So that was uh, I kind of wrapped up the the day of press conferences with uh, Vikings from the History Channel. And uh, for those listeners that know, I, I kind of my, my other secret identity is that of a history teacher when I'm not doing stuff for the site. And um, 
you know, I fell in love this summer. I'm kind of late to the Vikings party, but this summer I fell in love with the show and I fell in love with the characters. And it is, um, you know, really it, it's, it's as historically accurate as it can be. Um, the, the writer of Vikings is a guy by the name of Michael Hurst, who's like Oxford trained. And he did all these years of research on the Vikings and their history and has been digging and digging and digging. He writes every single episode. And so the show is, is as historically accurate as it can be. And so the whole, uh, the main cast was there. So Travis Flimmel, Clive Standin, uh, Catherine Winnick, Alexander Ludwig, they were all there, um, doing their thing. And I, I, all of the press conferences I've done, and I haven't done that many over the years, but all the ones that I have done, this one was the most fun. Um, they brought food for us. They, the cast was like incredibly play- playful and talkative. They looked like they wanted to be there. Um, you know, they really, really love their characters and love this this world that's been created for them. And so they were really eager to talk about it and answer, you know, any questions that we that we had. Um, so I think you guys will really like, even if you're not a fan of Vikings, definitely check out the the audio that we recorded um, from these roundtable interviews. And um, yeah, we're gonna put together kind of a super cut of interviews. Yeah, I don't know what we're kind of sure packages we're gonna do. Yeah, yet. yeah, we might do a couple because you've got a lot of audio. Yeah, um, but those will come out either as a we need to talk sort of thing or or a, like yeah. a bonus ep or yeah uh, something. Or maybe a regular one. Yeah, we'll see, we've but. never recorded quite this much at a show before, so I think we're going to kind of like give it to you. We're going to analyze it and then kind of release it. So Then we're going to give it to you. Then we're going to give it to you. But anyway, the Vikings uh, press conference was... <laughs> in, wrong with in, I don't know. It, it's <laughs> early and we're tired. But Vikings was a lot of fun, man. I really I thought it was a, a blast, and hopefully you know, a lot of people tune into that show. They're about to come out with season three, so... Yeah, that's one that's been on my list forever, and I I need to check it out. Definitely check it out. And then um, took a break for a little bit, um, walked around on the floor, and then I went and did something. um, I got invited out to do something called The Walking Dead Escape. And uh, The Walking Dead Escape kind of tours the country a bit. And what it is is they kind of take over a big location. It's usually like stadiums or ballparks or things like that. And in the case of The Walking Dead Escape here in San Diego at Comic-Con, it was Petco Park. And um, what they do is it's an interactive experience where they have a bunch of actors playing zombies and playing military people and and victims and all sorts of things. And they release you into Petco Park and uh, you have to get out of the scenario alive without getting attacked and killed by zombies. It sounds ridiculous, but it's like the ultimate game of of tag really um and you know as silly as it is to like run through this park and not get killed by zombies it's so well put together um and so scary like there's scenes where you would you'd go down a hallway and there'd just be body bags all over the hallway and walkers kind of crawling around the area um you know trying to get at you and you'd have to like literally sprint jumping over body bags like to try and get to the other side of the room without getting grabbed or, or attacked. There were times where I, um, I slid underneath hospital gurneys. I'm not like the most agile person in the world and I'm bruised to hell today on my legs, but it was totally worth it because you, you, you get in the moment and you're running with like, you know, 20 other people in the same little cluster as you. Um, and it was 
completely exhausting. It was a, about a mile and a half long from what I heard at the end. And um, you're jogging, if not sprinting, almost the entire time. You stop for like little bits of story along the way. Like you start off in the beginning and the military has lost control and they open these gates and you run through the bottom of the park and there's debris and fire and stuff all over the place. You run up these ramps at Petco Park and there's like, you know, a few walkers here or there and you kind of like dodge past them and you're running with this big group and then someone will stop you and and give you a bit of story. So, for instance, there was a I'll call him a simple guy because he was acting like he was kind of simple and he had a zombie in a cage and he's like, I caught him, I caught him. And he's like poking the zombie with a stick and he's like, hold on, we got to wait for the other people to go by. And then you wait for a bit of story and then you run up the ramp more and there's like, you know, 20 walkers in front of you coming at you and you have to find a way to get around them. So some people were like climbing up structures and like going up beams and crazy. It was totally crazy. And, um, you know, and I joked around, but people were getting like, it's really hot this summer in San Diego. So people were getting like heat exhaustion halfway through the run. Mm -hmm. So you'd have people that were not, you know, the most, the most physically fit who were, you know, having to drop out, being taken away on gurneys and stuff like that. And there was a scene I was joking with you guys. Um, there was one ramp we ran up, about a quarter of the way through the Walking Dead escape, and there was a woman at the top of the ramp, kind of like doubled over, and her face was all red. And <laughs> it turns out she was having like a heat stroke, and everyone thought that she was like acting like she was turning into a zombie. So everyone was just leaving her alone and ignoring her, and she's like, you know, passing out. And finally, some guys like, "Are you okay? Do you need help?" And I'm like, "Nope, that's how it starts. I'm not going near her." So we left her. We left her to uh, to die. We learned what kind of person Ash is. Yeah, so I, I managed to make it all the way to the end without uh, without dying, which was cool. But you also left everyone behind. I left everyone behind. <laughs> I let people go in front of me. Children got mauled in order to to save me. Um, there was a big like military dude that I was running next to, and I, I mistakenly like tripped him, and he did like a face plant, <laughs> and I didn't stop to help him. Um, so basically yeah, I, I'll survive the zombie apocalypse, but I'll probably let everyone die. Right. And, yeah. Right. So I'm a terrible human being, but that was, that was Friday. That was Friday and it is now Saturday morning and I think I'm going to grab woke up a, thinking it was Sunday. Oh, so you got an extra day. Yeah. A bonus. I think so. Right. <laughs> Su- Sunday is kind of the day of depression here at Comic-Con, but so. all right. Well, thanks right, guys. Everybody. Hey everybody! Uh, oh, hi, hi. So, um, it is well. This this part is going to be a Saturday Comic Con breakdown, and what uh, Matt and I did on Saturday. Yep. So um, we split apart for much of the day, which yep. was uh, quite quite sad. And um, all by I know. Seriously, it was it was pretty. It was a sad, sad. I actually, you know, I'm trying to remember what I did in the morning, and I'm having a very hard time. So why don't you start with the, your morning on Saturday? I, uh, got up bright and early. Uh huh. Got myself an insignificant amount of coffee. Not a significant, an insignificant amount uh-huh. of coffee, because the Starbucks line on Saturday is equivalent to a big panel line at any packs that you want to go to. Like this is the this is the BioWare main room line. 
but all you're going to get is coffee <laughs> and a pastry. It's it. so true. The, the <laughs> Starbucks line here is legendary. <laughs> but the cool thing about the Starbucks at, at Comic-Con oh, they're is amazing. they dress up, they have like cool Dude, paintings. It's the same crew every year. It is. It's been the same people, like people I recognize. Yeah, for at least three year years, to right? Year. Yeah. They're, and they're the, clear, I call them the A-team because we're, we're usually here like a day or two before and after. And uh, it is a different team of people serving you coffee than they must just get like a month off after like oh, a paid I, vacation I, yeah, for a it's month. Unbelievable. But anyways, I, I, so I got a little bit of coffee at, at at Coffee Place B, which was not as good as Starbucks. Yeah. And um, went to a panel uh, first thing at ten o'clock called uh, Production Designers, Architects of Dreams. I think Architect of Imagination. Cool. And. Uh, this was a pretty crazy panel. It had um, it had uh, Philip Messina, who is the production designer on all of the Hunger Games. Cool. Uh, Oliver Scholl from Edge of Tomorrow. John Meyer from X-Men Days of Future Past and one of the Pirates of the Caribbean. And John Muto from Terminator 2. And uh, I never really knew what a production designer was, which is part of the reason I went. And they they really good moderator kind of really talked about you know like what's worth talking about and what's not worth uh-huh. talking about and uh just talked about the art and craft of what a production designer is and they're basically they control the vision of the you know set pieces of the costume design they're really the ones that are architecting like how this movie is going to look for years i mean you know That's if there's cool. sequels then you have to play off of the guy who came before you and all that kind of stuff and it was re- super informative, really fun. Um, learned a lot. Got a free magazine. Nice. They were handing out some free magazines and uh, uh, just a cool panel overall. Like a, like one of those neat. You kind of just decide to go to something offbeat and it's fun. You know, it's Very worthwhile. Cool. So that was the first thing I did, uh, and then I ended up doing a lot of floor, taking a lot of pictures on Saturday, and even taking a break. I came to. I will. Here's a tip. A free Comic-Con tip. Extra tips we for love, you guys. We love the tips. Yep. Um, know your days and know your limits. And Comic-Con will teach you those pretty quickly. Absolutely. I usually always burn out on Saturday, and I could never figure out why. Because I'm not bad at going to cons. I'm not bad at doing things. But Saturday, for whatever reason, I always just got fried and hated everything it was like the day that i would be like oh, i even like comic-con i'm not coming next year like yeah. I, I always hated it yeah, yeah and i realized this year saturday was very packed like it always is it's really busy um i realized i just really like my personal space i get really annoyed when people touch me like i, I don't like it oh, yeah it gets to me really quick and uh so i pr- played it pretty easy took a lot of breaks uh did a lot of floor just like fun like if i couldn't get to a certain spot i just walked around and went to a different spot like okay i'm yeah, just not, you kinda I'm have not gonna to, see the lego booth today yeah pacing yourself and and you know always remembering that you're there to have a good time and not let the crowds get to you it, it's hard because it is you know 125,000 plus people 130 they said 130 yeah and you know you need to be able to get away sometimes and We've been lucky enough to get a hotel pretty close by so oh, we yeah. can come and like go to the bathroom break. and stuff. Take yeah, a break. Which is super cool. But um so did that during the day, met up with my wife, got some lunch and and then uh, and your wife too. And then uh uh had a pretty light day. Tried to go to the Mass Effect panel with you. Yes. Had a pretty classic Saturday 
line Comic Con moment, which we've all got stories of. Uh huh. Yours was of Gears of War, I believe, if I remember Christina telling me correctly. Yeah, but we actually got into you that. You got one in through barely. through some yelling, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah, that was a rough year. Basically, yeah. uh, for those of you who follow our Twitter and our Instagram, you were you were alongside of me during my trials and tribulations of yeah. this panel. Um, you know, things go crazy sometimes. A lot of people want to get into a small room, and that's kind of what happened. And we ended up with probably upwards of 500 people sitting outside of a room that doesn't, I don't think, even hold 500 people. Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe it, real close, you know? It was not a large room by any means. And uh, n- not even that. They had a snafu with the line, so people that were in line, like myself and ready to go, uh, got basically overwhelmed by people who just walked up and got in line where they thought they were supposed to. And through no one's fault, it was just a big screw-up, and, and I did not make it in the room. But... You did, I did. So we'll go ahead and let's, um, let's hear your day. What, what you got to do? So the morning, uh, grabbed some some quick food and went down to the floor and walked around for a while and saw the sights and you know lots of great cosplay this year. Uh, but Saturday is really busy. So as I was wandering the floor, I was kind of saying to myself, you know, I really I want to catch this Mass Effect panel. I don't know how bad it's going to be. I had seen a lot of Mass Effect cosplayers, and I usually gauge because yeah. you know they're going. Yeah, there were a ton. <laughs> you know they're going. So I'm like, well, if there's a lot of Mass Effect cosplayers here, I better get there early. And and so that's what I did. I showed up around a um, little bit before noon for a 2 o'clock panel for Mass Effect. So I got there two hours early, which in Comic-Con, com- Comic-Con time, that's not really all that early. I mean, no. it's, it's if you really want to hit a panel, that's kind of what you have to do. So I did that. Um, I got in like a panel and a half t- before. <laughs> to be clear, I was an hour and a half earlier yeah. to this panel still. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that and, ha- yeah. Yeah. Just crazy. It clearly just was the wrong room for the panel. But. Yeah, it was. So I sat through uh, Magic the Gathering. Um, How'd that go? It was actually pretty, it made me miss playing a lot, to be honest. Be there honest, a, you didn't know a damn thing that was going on. Oh, though, no, did I didn't. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, yeah, I used to play a long time ago, and um, I, I they were talking about all these new you know sets and abilities, and I was just like, I remember mana, I remember tapping, uh, uh, I don't remember much beyond that. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it was still really cool to see all the enthusiasm for magic and they obviously have all this new stuff coming out and new creatures that people were freaking out about. Um, and then, uh, the mass effect team showed up and, um, you know, the mass effect panel, they actually revealed more than I think anyone was really expecting. So, uh, the next mass effect, big things that are just totally coming. I don't have my notes in front of me cause it's fucking late guys and I'm tired. So we're just kind of winging this, but, um, Mako, uh, Mako. There's going to be a, 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 a new news. Mako. Uh, they said in the panel that the Mako um, wasn't necessarily going to be armed; that it was mainly going to be for what, transportation. What I heard you say though was that they're going to add a peripheral with a third stick on it, <laughs> and it's going to be tri-stick controlled Mako. Yeah, no, true or false? That is false. 100 percent false. So I don't know. No tri-stick. I heard true. <laughs> so yes, Mako is coming <laughs> back, and some people are excited about that. I'm sure Scott shit his pants because yeah. he loves the Mako so much. Um, they actually showed gameplay of, of the new Mako in action in the new Frostbite engine, and it looked awesome. They said it's much more maneuverable, much more agile. Um, the render that we got to see was very early, but it looked really sharp, really cool design. Um, we also got to see some renders of the new uh, armor, and it was revealed that the protagonist, um, 
can be either a male or a female. They didn't say anything about different races, different alien species mm-hmm. that are playable yet, but they definitely said males and females. And the armor that they showed off, the main protagonist playing, uh, was N7 armor. And so they said, you will be playing an N7 soldier of some sort, which is... You know, they kind of have to use that iconic N7 logo. It's a brilliant, so. yeah, it's a brilliant, it's a simple logo. logo. You can slap it on anything, and it looks cool. Yeah, actually, Matt's wearing an N7 <laughs> shirt right now, which is kind of weird. Uh, we're not Mass Effect fans or anything. Um, so, you know, th- those were some of the big things. Um, other things, uh, you know, there were a couple questions that kind of, like, skirted around the Mass Effect 3 ending and things like that. But for the most part... Um, the questions asked I mean, they haven't all, solidified timeline or anything yet, right? No, that, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, they purposefully didn't really say. So right. they're not saying, you know, um, if this takes place during the same time as Mass Effect, um, did the Mass Effect trilogy, or before or after. Um, they kind of, I mean, I'll have to listen to the audio again, but it, it, they kind of made it sound like it could have been something that was running parallel to that timeline just seems like a weird thing to pull off when people had different stories with yeah. different endings. You know, yeah. like how do you concurrently run that? That's very true. Who knows? You know, um, one That's thing why they're they Bioware and we're not. <laughs> yeah, right. They know apparently, um, but we do not. Uh, one thing they did mention was the fact that uh, Mass Effect Three multiplayer was very well received. Yeah. I think more well received than they were anticipating, or we or uh, anyone. Or we. Was, I yeah. mean, there was such a, a fucking fervor over that multiplayer when it was announced, and I was like. Let's wait it out and see if it's good yeah. first. And it was really God a lot of we fun. Wait. Like, we had a lot of fun with that. Um, and so they definitely said, someone asked the question, you know, is there ever going to be competitive multiplayer? And producer Mike Gamble stated that, um, you know, their focus is mainly on uh, cooperation and mm-hmm. not competition. So um, if you if you do see a, a multiplayer aspect to the new Mass Effect, which Michael Gamble also said... It is definitely not called Mass Effect Four, so yeah, yeah he, he made that he made that you know very very evident. So, um, you know, it was a great panel, and um, I don't know if I'm ever going to be allowed to listen to the audio, but I have a pretty great crystal clear audio recording of the whole thing. So maybe one day we'll be able to get that to you guys. Yeah, Who knows? we'll do our best, guys. We'll we'll, we'll ask around and see if there that's are possible. Things bigger than us that make those decisions. Yes, very much so. Um, so after Mass Effect was done, I got really lucky because I was uh, able to sneak into the Twin Peaks panel, and they're actually putting out the 25th anniversary Blu-ray um, right when this podcast comes out. So it'll be out by the time you guys hear this. Yeah. Um, and uh, the thing that was really neat about this panel was mainly the guys who threw the Blu-ray together. Um, so there was you know not a lot of people from the original. Um, the actress that played Lucy there, uh, Kimmy, she was there. But uh, one of the things that was really exciting about this panel was seeing how much effort went into restoring these Blu-rays and finding footage that had been lost for like 25 years, essentially. So they were talking about scenes that were shot for the movie Firewalk With Me, the prequel film, um, and how Firewalk With Me had 45 minutes of footage that had never been seen before. David Lynch shot it all. You know, color corrected it. It looked great, and it was all ready to go. And then cut the movie down, and just that forty-five minutes just kind of disappeared, seen, yeah. right? And there were scenes um, that were shot that had never been seen, literally at all. That um, were were in the 
original film canisters by the gentleman who shot them, like in his barn or something like that. Isn't it crazy when it's just yeah. like, oh, there's this historical piece of film. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, it's in like this guy's garage. Yeah, and <laughs> he's like the like, only what? one who has that canister, <laughs> right? It's like when they found that old Fritz Lang movie. Yeah. There was like one yeah, yeah. copy of it in an attic someplace. It's crazy. Um, so it was really neat, and uh, it, you know, it was a packed room, and it was interesting to see. Comic-Con's weird because there's so many different fandoms, and so there was like a room... A random ass room of Twin Peaks fans, like you yeah. know, three hundred Twin Peaks fans in a sea of one hundred twenty five thousand people. But um, they showed some of the deleted scenes that I had never seen before. And as a huge fan, it was weird to see the characters doing things I hadn't seen them do Dude. before. Because it's like I've you've seen been such the, a big fan. Yeah, for I've so seen long. it. It's like you know, if there's only like you know twenty two episodes of a show and you've seen it ten times, and all of a sudden you see something new, you're like, how is that even possible? Yeah, it's like you know, it was like when I watched Curb. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. they had the Seinfeld reunion on Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah. and they shot like a Seinfeld show within the Curb show, and I just was like, as a, as a humongous Seinfeld fan, just like enwrapped by this, like, yeah. oh my god, I'm watching like, this what footage the hell of these characters right. being them ca- themselves again. Yeah, so um, after that, I got uh, pretty lucky, because I signed up for this Nerd HQ uh, Conversations for a Cause. And for our listeners that don't know much about it, we've probably mentioned it on past podcasts and stuff like that many times. But what it does, uh, Zachary Levi and the Nerd Machine, every year they host uh, a big event right around the same time as Comic-Con called Nerd HQ. And they put on panels that you could buy that have very limited tickets. It's limited Mm -hmm. to like 300 tickets. And the tickets are all for charity for Operation Smile to help kids with cleft palates in, you know, bad parts of the world. Yeah. So um, wonderful cause. And there is a, a lot of money. It's for awesome. Them. And, you know, a lot of people kind of give Zachary Levi shit because, you know, he's he's a good looking dude. He's got like, you know, he's in movies and he's in Thor. And, you know, he was doing a Kickstarter and stuff to try and help, you know, earn money or gain money for um, Nerd HQ. But in reality, it's a amazingly well put together really uh, is it's crazy. this year better than last yeah for sure it's crazy what they do and how it runs um you know obviously with thousands and thousands of people coming in and out there's going to be some hiccups and you have different organizations working together different right. security teams yeah. that don't know each other working together but um so i bought a random ticket it was called women who kick ass and it was uh, all mystery guests so i didn't know who i was going to get um and then I showed up and the guests came out and I was very, very happy. So a uh, small little room, about 300 people. And it was uh, Retta from Parks and Recreation, Yvonne Strahovski from uh, 24 and from Chuck. And of course, from Mass Effect, um, Jennifer Morris from Once Upon a Time, uh, Sophie House. Turner and from House. Yeah. Sophie Turner, who's Sansa Stark, uh, Ming-Na Wen from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Mulan. Many, many things. And many, many things. Yeah. And uh, Missy Peregrim, who is... Zachary Levi's new wife, who was in Reaper and uh, was oh, in really? Stick It. Yeah, they just got married like a couple months ago. The brunette? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. Reaper's great. Reaper is a show that everybody should go back and watch. It's I on actually Netflix. haven't finished watching so it. So freaking good. Yeah. That show was fantastic. So he just got married to her, and their banter was hilarious because yeah. they're still kind of in the lovey-dovey phase. So Of course. Um, but, you know, uh, these conversations are... They're very hit or miss because it's it, they're non-moderated, which means that the audience controls the panel, mm-hmm. which is a very dangerous yeah. thing. Because if your audience asks stupid questions like, my friend who can't be here texted me and he wants to know how big your biceps are. Yeah. If you have that for an hour, you have a shit panel. Um, but this panel 
the the mainly females. I think there was only one male that asked a question in the whole mm-hmm. panel. The females that asked these questions, the other females had the most brilliant, articulate questions. And you can actually check out conversations for a cause. Um, yeah, they post all their panels. Yeah, so they're in HD on YouTube. So I, I you know, go ahead and check it out, and you can watch it for yourself. I think if you just go I mean. to uh, Nerd Machine, mm-hmm. they, they have all the links up there. They have the links to absolutely. Nerd HQ. Uh, but one of the you know one of the things about this panel that was really cool was uh, how supportive these women were of each other's work. Um, a lot of them didn't know each other very well when the panel started, and it seemed by the end that they were like good buddies. Yeah. So you know there was a really good rapport with the audience. It was just a, a you know one of my favorite panels that I've been to in several years. So uh, if you do get a chance to go out to Comic Con, I say it every single year since the very first Nerd HQ. Yeah, figure out when they're selling tickets. It's just going to be like a week before Comic Con. Just pick one or two and just try to get into anything because they're yeah. they're good. They're awesome. They're really awesome. And that was it for uh, my Saturday. 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 Yeah, was, we went out to cool. dinner and then came back and what crashed. Did we eat? Where did we eat last night or tonight? What did we eat tonight? What did we eat tonight? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um we ate I don't know. It's dude, it's everything is it's a gonna blur. come to me. Was we it delicious? walked around a bunch and oh ta- uh Thai food was really good. Mint. Oh yeah. Mint Thai. We had mint Thai. That was delicious. Yeah. I'm always happy to recommend restaurants. You should eat at La Puerta. Yeah. You should eat at Mint Thai. And what do we eat? Werewolf. Werewolf. Tomorrow I, I is where we're tomorrow, going to eat. In the future. Tomorrow we're trying werewolf, and it's going to be delicious. All right, yeah. So all werewolf right. was good. Um, all right, so we'll be back tomorrow with yeah. our talk about our ultra not so busy Sunday. I think and we pulled we'll, that off, right? Yeah. No one will ever know that we're uh, exhausted <laughs> and doing this all at the same time. See it. Hey, Ash. Hi, Matt. How are you? So, uh, today is Sunday. It is Sunday. Sadly, the last day of the con. Sunday is kind of um, a weird day. It's a weird bummer day. Um, yeah. And, you know, w- what's weird about Sunday is, like, you have this kind of, like, la- like last day of summer vibe you used to get when you were in high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. And you, you'd be like, oh, man, summer's over. So, you sort of have this pit in your stomach. And you try and make it like extra special because you know the next day. But you can't. No, there's nothing you can do. No, on there's no fighting. It's just gonna it. be. Yeah. It's just gonna be a sort of letdown day, unless you buy tickets to a conversation for a cause first thing in the morning. Yes. So we uh, have been talking about it for a while. Yeah. And uh, your listeners probably know this, but we we kind of like that show Arrow. Arrow, man, surprisingly great with that uh, super stud Stephen Amell, Amell, who does all sorts of crazy chin ups. So the girls, um, which you're going to hear about, I think uh, later, uh, got to see, or did they already talk? No, I think it's later. They yeah, they probably. saw the Arrow panel in room twenty um, with Stephen Amell and with uh, I don't remember John Barrowman was there. I think I the, almost uh, a lot of the Felicity cast was, was there. not there. She wasn't but there. Everybody else was there. I think. So they saw the panel. A yeah. lot of people, but um, so they on it was like the day before we were gonna leave for Comic Con. We're like, hey, it was Monday. Yeah. They were like, hey, uh, Stephen Amell signed on to do Sunday morning at nine a.m. for a conversation for a cause, and all of us were like, holy shit, let's let's line up to do this. So yeah. we're all waiting. You're on your crappy mountain internet. We were. I was at work. Melissa was at home. Yeah. Melissa, like ninja qualities, manages to to land two tickets for 
Stephen ML Conversations for a Cause. You ended up going with us this morning, getting in line. Yeah. They release about 50 standing room tickets on occasion to these, and um, it's always random how the yeah. hell you get in or if you're going to get in. So. Kind of by point. I think they purposely yeah. make it so that you can't, like, people can't hawk out the tickets. Yeah, you know? exactly. So my wife and I um, went down there, and lo and behold, we got in. Yeah. So uh, Stephen Amell, surprisingly funny, down to earth. Very, like, giving with his fans, very talkative. Like, he managed questions basically single-handedly. Zachary Levi he sat was tired. and drank coffee. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Did not do a whole lot. They they bantered a little bit. But really, it was just Stephen Amell in a chair answering questions yeah. and, like, handling every single one of them with, like, a plum, if you will. Yeah, you, you really want to hate this dude because he's, like, incredibly good-looking, incredibly charming, really you know he he doesn't talented on a great show yeah and you're just like wow but then like you hear the guy talk and you see him interact with people and you're like holy shit this guy's the real deal i would say and deserves what he's getting 70 and i didn't know this about him because i'm i'm not like a super fan of his personally but 70 percent of the people that got up said i think it's awesome that you run your own facebook and twitter i I love that you interact with your fans there talk to him about it and he frank like i don't know why anybody wouldn't kind of respond you know Uh, i mean just really amazingly fun to listen to like crack jokes all over the place let out spoilers about the show like nothing huge mostly spoilers if you haven't seen season two at this point and he cracked a joke about that too um you know, one guy got up and said, you know, I don't even watch Arrow, but I was a huge fan of Hung and you were on that. And he happily talked about Hung for a little while. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he just easily just at 9 a.m., like winding in and out of questions with no problem. Really kind of amazing because that could have been terrible. It yeah. could have been oh, just for like sure. no one, you know, no real answers kind of thing. Yeah, just, he was, um, you know, he seemed to really enjoy himself and he made the joke that, you know, most of the people that come to Comic Con party pretty hard in the evenings, especially a lot of the celebrities. Unless you're us, we're unless you're us. No, we like totally we crash, crash at like ten or yeah, eleven like, o'clock oh my at night. God, ten o'clock is late. It, it, but I told Melissa this: it is one or two a.m. at that point. For that's us. true. We are. Yeah, I stayed up till midnight the other day. It was that. That's three a.m. on my time. Yeah, like, I'm not. <laughs> I stay up late, but not. I'm not four a.m. late. Yeah, exactly. Know? But um, you know. Again, check out this conversation for a cause. You yeah. can find it on uh, really Nerd, great. Nerd Machine's website, uh, especially if you're a fan of Arrow, if you're a fan of Stephen Amell. Um, it was cool, you know, and he was a lot of fun, and it made me like the show more. Yeah. He has a lot of respect for his co-stars. Yeah, and for just, sure. um, he appreciates he appreciates his fame, and I think that's a really – that's an important Amazing thing, thing for me. Yeah. I hate nothing more than meeting uh, a smug celebrity that yeah. – that, uh, feels entitled and deserves it yeah oh, can't stand it absolutely can't and that was stand kind it. of his point about facebook and twitter was like you know of course like i wouldn't be famous i wouldn't have a show if you guys didn't watch and you guys didn't love it why wouldn't i get on facebook and talk to my fans in like a real way and i actually went to his facebook and looked it up and it's like random it's like what's your favorite football team and he's like hey i love the chargers you know? yeah <laughs> like, he's just talking <laughs> just like real like answers and just and, hanging out kind of amazing so well, he's something like two and a half million followers or something right? yeah huge huge amount of followers but yeah he did uh, he did a bunch of smiles for smiles, uh, which we your your wife got into. Melissa and I sadly did not. Yes, uh, for other reasons on, that we don't need to talk about. Um, 
And then Melissa and Christina and I hung out in Nerd HQ for a while, took some pictures, which I think are all up on our Instagram, which I will take a second to plug. Yeah, do that. Go to Nerd Appropriate on Instagram. We're going to try and keep it fun, um, which is pretty much what I've been doing with it all weekend, which is just taking goofy pictures and, you know, pictures of cosplay and whatever else we, we encountered while we were here. But um, hung out, took some pictures, saw some things, and then we went to... Um, the women of marvel panel uh in the main room or not in the main room but in the main hall and uh it was good my friend from marvel that i used to work at marvel my friend moderated it named judy she's really awesome super into cosplay look up judy if you are a cosplayer and you do marvel stuff like contact judy she's the one she's the gatekeeper for marvel and is super welcoming really awesome and truly truly loves cosplay and like loves welcoming those those people into the community and, and cool. posting them on marvel.com and all that and and marvel gets a lot of hits like if you want to yeah. be seen cosplaying marvel is in the millions yeah. of people that visited daily i so. saw um a cosplayer that i took a picture of and i think i may have put up on on our instagram um of the new thor the, yeah uh, of the, the female, female gender yeah and like an hour later i saw marvel had taken posting the same it, picture yeah. and like had her twitter handle blew yeah. her up oh so. yeah yeah I mean, they're really yeah. they're really great about that. Yeah. Um, it was a good panel, you know, uh, a lot of talk about what it means to be a female in the comic book industry, what what they're not doing well and what they could do better. Um, Axel Alonso, who's who's the editor in chief at Marvel right now, is a really r- super intelligent dude and had a lot of really intelligent things to say about it, as did everybody on the panel. Um, they you know, of course, it was, it's a Marvel panel, so they promoted their stuff but they they have something like 10 new female lead titles between miss marvel and spider woman and wow black widow and uh i mean it was a slew thor you know the aforementioned thor uh so slew of new female driven titles and you know knock them all you want and some people honestly did in the panel knock them for not being pro female as much as they could be uh i think within the the limits of being a massive corporation they're doing as much as they can to push that envelope when they can, you know, it's unfortunately the, the world we live in is not, the envelope does not tend to get pushed by the, the big two or three usually gets pushed by the people on the outside. Yeah. yeah. And then those big two or three play catch up. Um, and they're, they're, they're getting there, you know, so it was a good panel, really interesting. Uh, I think they're posting all of their panels as well. All the Marvel stuff. Um, and we didn't really talk about all the big announcements. Maybe we'll talk about it later, Hall H stuff, but because neither one of us even remotely mm-hmm. attempted Hall H. Uh, and then um, I did attempt to go to the Console Wars panel. Yeah, I wanted to see that too, but I was preoccupied. Uh, I had a close to similar Mass Effect uh, uh. experience. Not as bad. Um, not as many people by far. Uh, but Melissa and I went. We were in line for about... 15 20 minutes and we realized how long the line actually was they they double ran the line so uh, it was in room 24 and they took the line from 24 and 23 and ran 24 all the way down it and back up ouch and when i realized that i was like there you know this is not there are realities of rooms and then i i most i was like well what's in there right now thinking like maybe if it's a big thing that room will clear out and we'll all get in and i looked at what was in and it was like you know like I like comics with Bob. Yeah. Like, okay, so that whole room is full of console wars people. Yeah. And they're just going to hang out there until the next panel shows up. Yeah. Because they don't clear, like, like at PAX, they they don't clear rooms here, which is good and bad. Mm -hmm. It enables you to see things you otherwise might not see. 
but also you know prevents you from getting the things you might want to yeah so that was a those were really the only two things I had on my cup because they were, there was or on my plate. Sunday programming. We talked about it today. It's like it's supposed to be kids' day, so the pro- programming is a little bit sparse. The panels end earlier; they end by yep. four o'clock. Yep. Um, they, you know, they start nine or ten, end by four. So it's it's a it's a quick day. There's not a, a ton going on on Sunday, which tends to be people's shopping day. Yeah, so. we did that. We went to the floor, did a little shopping, got a couple prints that were really awesome. Cool. And uh, I think it's a couple prints in a book. We did see this really awesome artist, which I'll have to look up and I'll promote later. But And you were there with us uh, that did a lot of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, there were cool. two of the yeah. original concept artists for Alice in Wonderland by Tim Burton. That's who they are. Oh, wow. And they had this awesome book. And then they had all these prints that they had done. And they were all really amazing. And the the, the artist took the time. Melissa bought the book and the print. Mm-hmm. The artist took the time to draw on both things. She he, she did a pencil drawing on the back of one and, and an ink drawing That's in the so book. That's so awesome. Really I awesome. love finding stuff like that. Yeah. It's like a Sunday tradition. So, um, you had a more interesting Sunday. Yeah, than, so than I uh, I had an appointment for um, a bunch of interviews with the, the cast of Lego Batman 3. Really? And, yeah, so it's interesting because uh, this summer I've been playing a lot of a lot of Lego Batman. Not a lot of Lego Batman, but a lot of uh, Lego Marvel superheroes. And mm-hmm. so I've kind of become a bigger fan of these games. Um, the mechanics have changed a lot. They're a lot of fun. But the thing about this, when I got the email about uh, covering this Lego Batman 3, I realized who the voice cast was, and it kind of blew my mind. Um, Troy Baker, who I interviewed earlier yeah. in the weekend, uh, is going to be the voice of Batman, and he was actually just the voice of Joker in Batman Arkham Origins, so that's kind of funny. So Troy <laughs> Baker, voice of Batman, uh Laura Bailey, who's in absolutely everything, and she's hilarious, and she is uh, an incredible voice actress. She was there. Um, Travis Willingham, who's also in a lot of stuff. He's the voice of Superman in this. He does a really hilarious, smug, almost like mildly retarded Superman. Um, you know, in the, in the humor of the Lego game, Superman is kind of like a lug. Yeah. Um, Dee Bradley Baker from The Clone Wars was here. Um, and, you know, they had the voice of Green Lantern, the voice of Aquaman, and uh, Adam West, who is appearing in a special section, <clears throat> excuse me, I could really go for some water. Uh, Adam West, who's in a special section. <laughs> well, let me get section. that for you, sir. I know, right? Jeez. <laughs> anyway, Adam West um, was there, and it was interesting because we were only supposed to be able to talk to Adam West for like seven minutes. And uh, once we got to talking to him, he was like, he wanted to keep talking. And... Um, his handler was just like, cool, let him go if he wants to keep doing it. Yeah. Like, let, let him keep doing it. So we stayed there for almost a half an hour with Adam West wow. and just, um, you know, barraging him with questions. And um, I got to ask him a little bit. Um, it's a question I love to ask people. And Adam West is, I don't he's got to be in his in his 70s, 70s, 80s? maybe early 80s. Um, but I, I asked we'll him, find that out on you the know, internet. if he could kind of go back and, and – talk to himself when he was making the original Batman like would he give himself any advice would he change anything about his experience and you know he cracked some jokes and told some stories and uh, really? I'll let you guys listen to the audio about what he says but um, you know really uh, still incredibly sharp still has hopes and dreams He's and aspirations 85 85 1928 wow Adam West is aged indeed uh but anyway it was really cool to get to talk to him i have a vivid memory of being like maybe seven years old in elementary school and um 
they had movie night at my elementary school and brought us into the cafeteria and played one of the old Batman movies. Dude, I used to obsess over the old Batman and the old Green Hornet. Yeah. Like endlessly watch them. Yeah. Endlessly. They're still pretty awesome. They are. So, um, you know, it was really awesome to talk to all those voice actors. I'm obviously, you know, a, a big, big fan of everything that they do. And, um, you know, and you guys know from listening to the show that I love to have these people on to talk about voice acting and film and, and games and stuff like that. He's also because. wonderful on Family Guy, weirdly. Oh, he, actually, as himself. there were a lot of questions about Mayor yeah, West. Is, yeah, Mayor West is, like, <laughs> just such a ludicrous character. Yeah. And so amazingly, he signed on to be himself on the show playing just like a batshit crazy version of himself like, uh-huh. it's so amazing but uh i love to see the sense of humor that he has yeah so there's some it's good questions about that stuff um then uh my wife and i had signed up for yet another nerd hq panel and um this one was supposed to be joss whedon and when Man, we got to you donated like a hundred and twenty something dollars 130 bucks yeah to charity charity i Look feel, at you. feel pretty good Saving the world. I think from, you can go murder somebody tomorrow. I probably could. I think it's legal. Yeah, now. I think it's okay. If you donate over a hundred dollars, hundreds of bucks of charity, you can murder yeah. somebody. I think there's movies about that. Yeah. Um, Sweet. So I was supposed to see Joss Whedon, which uh, you know I've managed to see Joss Whedon here in some capacity every year, right? Almost since like the year two thousand. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I always love to watch him talk because he's. I think he's hilarious. First of all, he's like a stand-up comedian when he's on stage, and um, he's also incredibly articulate and a brilliant guy. And he always finds some way to inspire me whenever yeah. I see him talk. So, um, anyway, he ended up having knee surgery, and he's actually in the UK, and did not make it to Comic Con at all. Yeah, and so they didn't send out any notification that he wouldn't be here. And knowing how Nerd HQ runs, everything is like last minute like all i realized why though and we'll talk about it later but i I realized what's going on okay so um i didn't know what i was in for and it turned out it was another mystery panel so we all show up nobody knows who the heck's going to be there we all sit in our seats we still don't know who's going to be there and then out walks nathan fillion and i'm like okay it makes sense nathan fillion joss whedon they're yeah they're really good friends nathan fillion is really good friends with zachary levi and nathan fillion like is really a hilarious moderator too. Yeah. So he came out and was like, I don't know, you know what I'm really doing here, but he's like, I called everybody I could get that's still in town on my cell phone and begged them to come out. And it was a really cool panel. It was uh, Alan Tudyk, of course, from Firefly. He and Nathan Among Fillion or many other things. Yes. But right. He's amazing. Absolutely. Alan Tudyk's incredible. Yeah. Um, Seth Green showed up and these are all kind of like Whedon alumni too. Yeah. So Seth Green shows up. Um, Chloe, Chloe Bennett, Bennett from, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up, who was completely unexpected. And yeah. I hadn't gotten a chance to see her speak ever, so I was interested to see, yeah, at least, at least get a glimpse of, like, you know, her personality. So, um, Chloe Bennett, and then, uh, who was the last one? Oh, it was, um... It was the guy from, Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus, yeah. Yes. And Hercules. Uh, He's in Hercules, Liam McIntyre, yeah. Liam who you McIntyre. tagged the wrong person on Twitter, by the Did way. Did I really? Oh, yeah. Did I do underscore McIntyre? Yeah, some other dude. Ah, I tried. <laughs> So I was like that, Liam McIntyre, and I clicked it. I was like, he only has 18 followers? Yeah. And I looked him like, oh, this is the wrong guy. That Liam is the McIntyre. wrong guy. So anyway, called me out. You blew um, that guy up, though. There you go. So anyway. I just got 100 new followers. Yeah, reason. right. <laughs> um, the, the funny thing about this panel was nobody really knew what the hell they were doing, and they were just kind of cracking jokes that they were like the collective mind, like Herman's head of yeah. Joss Whedon. <laughs> and people were asking questions for Joss Whedon to the panel, 
and they had a great um they they had a somebody asked a question like what was um you know the most intimidating experience you ever experienced with Joss Whedon. And they told all these stories about, you know, how Joss is kind of a scary guy sometimes because he's so incredibly intelligent. Right. And then they beamed Joss in via satellite about halfway through the panel, and and he was like he did this funny thing because he was like floating above them. Yeah. And he kind of wiggled his fingers like he was a puppet master, and everyone started moving around like <laughs> puppets. And it was just a, a completely ridiculous kind of Comic-Con moment. Um, so the audience actually did get to ask Joss questions and the panelists questions. And it actually turned out being a, you know, a, a really just amazing moment with, with really yeah. cool stories and funny jokes. And again... I'm plugging the living shit out of Nerd HQ, but go check out. So, and like last year, I think I, even on the podcast complaint, not complain, but said a little that it seemed a little bit more disorganized. And I will say now looking back, I think that was growing pains because they had gone from a small place to a slightly larger place to all of a sudden Petco Park. Like, (laughs) like it's a big area they're in. It's huge. Yeah. It's pretty big this year too. But this year they, they had signs, they had people, they had so much more organization around it, and uh, it definitely ran really smooth, was really enjoyable. Even the hiccups that, like, we experienced one with the Stephen Amell thing that, you know, was annoying, but at the end of the day you're like, okay, you know, what am I really mad at here? Yeah. Um, but also, one of the things I wanted to talk about with the last minute thing was I think that I I have a firm belief that 90% of Comic-Con is last minute. Yeah, that most of the people that are on those panels don't know they're going to be on those panels until like three weeks out because shooting schedules are never correct. Yeah, like no one's planning six months ahead what their shooting schedule is in July. Yeah, and I think all that stuff gets set up last minute. So yeah, it's probably very true. Yeah. Um. So you know, after that panel was done, we we did our yearly tradition of going down to the the floor and kind of watching them break everything down and and uh, and that was pretty much it. You know, we. Melissa and I felt the force of leaving Comic-Con this year. Oh, yeah. We were walking out. We are like, oh, it's ending. It's ending right now. I and know. we walked out and it was over. Uh, it's so sad, isn't it? But, and then, uh, and then as soon as you leave, you're like, I can do this again next year. Yeah. Like, I joke yeah. with Christine. I'm like, there's so much. Like, you know, we joke around that it's, it's hard to get into and stuff. But it I'm just going to give you a quick a breakdown nightmare. of what it's like. Okay. First of all, to get a ticket, you have to uh, kind of click within one second of yeah, them I going mean, on yeah, sale. milliseconds. So you, if you're at work, you have to find a way to not be at work yeah. or have a boss that's understanding enough for you to do that. Okay. Then, if you want to get a hotel, you have to do oh, the Jesus same. Sort. You have to go into a hotel lottery. You could end up anywhere. You could end up nowhere. Yeah. Um, you know, you could end up miles and miles away or you could get very, very lucky like yeah. we have been in the past couple of years. Um, and then, of course, there's, you know, getting plane tickets and organizing is, it. A, is an ordeal it is but then honestly there here, are moments there are even moments you're gonna say once you're here everything's great and it's not there are moments when you're here where you're like what the fuck am i doing oh yeah no yeah with, i mean like you know you are a teacher you, you get more time off over and this is over the summer luckily yeah. for you this could be in october it would oh, be, be fucked, ruin yeah. your fucking time yeah but for me it's like you know this is a third of my vacation like this is and for some people it's half yeah like this is a lot of time it's a long con so like it's you know there are moments where you're like what the fuck i could be in like i could be in like hawaii TV, right yeah. now just yeah. relaxing on a beach with a drink and my life would be wonderful that's yeah, true but it is it is an experience unlike any other as stressful as it can be sometimes it's cool it, you know. it's inspiring it makes you want to do things a lot of times you know if you're if you're the kind of person that loves to see famous people or interact with the people that you love 
through media and, and TV and games and whatnot, they're all here. Like literally all of them are here. It's yeah. almost unbelievable. It, weirdly, what happened this year, and we haven't talked about this at all, is uh, the hotel we stay at is very close to the, to the convention center. They run press here, which is good for you because your yeah. your press meetings were like, "Well, we're gonna go fourteen floors down," and like, <laughs> like that's it was that's pretty fantastic because yeah. usually yeah. our press meetings are like, "I have to run to the other side of the building." Yeah, you know, and and uh, what was crazy this year was people were lining up outside where they were ushering the famous people in and out. Yeah. And like taking like paparazzi pictures, it was weird. Yeah, I've first never year, seen it. Like I've never that. seen it either. And like there was security, heavy, heavy, heavy security. I think you tweeted about it one morning, like like five, ten, fifteen people out in the lobby, mm-hmm. and then like uh, like armed too, like armed dudes, and then like uh, Secret Service style dudes downstairs. Yeah, where the cars were coming in and out. Crazy. It was crazy, like yeah. insane. And there was a bunch of people out there just wanting to take pictures and kind of like, you know, get a glimpse of well, the Well, you think people. of, you know, I don't want to go on too long about this, but some of these people are worth a lot of money. Oh, yeah, and there's yeah, a yeah. lot of crazy people You know, when De Niro here. shows up. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just like all you got to do is show up. Or not De Niro, uh, Downey Jr. Oh, who? who well, De Niro, De Niro might too, show up, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But, you know, it is a dangerous situation for them, so I can guess. Yeah, no, I get the security, it. but it's just, it's interesting what I was saying more is that that like no matter what kind of fan or what kind of consumer you are like this really is almost everything like the expo floor is like a giant mall it's the worst laid out mall ever created <laughs> but it's like a giant mall and it then is, like yeah. you know famous people all over the place panels that are interesting panels that are informative uh-huh. like stuff that you can learn from things that can teach you how to like get into comics get into movies Absolutely. like it's all here it's the weirdest thing and it's cheap as shit too as far as conventions go yeah 150 bucks or whatever you're paying 200 to get in and how much is like apple it's seventeen hundred dollars yeah to go see, to that's WWDC. what i mean and that's that's becoming the norm for bigger conventions so yeah 150 dollars so. it may sound like a lot but it's really not uh and i think that's it but cool. this is this has been comic-con cool. all right guys thanks for listening to episode 163 of the rated na podcast our coverage of Comic-Con will be coming for the next week. We yeah, have lots and lots more. and lots of audio coming your way and special interviews and fun stuff. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, and that's at NerdAppropriate. You can Which, email us. Hold yes. on. We crossed 3,000, and I think it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a big deal. We crossed another 1,000 people started following us on Twitter over the course of like a year, not even really. Yeah. So thank you everybody that follows us on Twitter. Thank you everybody that listens to the podcast. I don't know who just died. I over think there, someone just died. fell down the escalator. But uh, we're not helping them. <laughs> I just wanted to say I wanted to say that that was a big deal. I think it's amazing, and thank you so much for listening and following. So. Yeah, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, you can email us, and that is Matt Ash Hillary with one L and Scott at nerdappropriate dot com, and you can. Um, Follow us on Facebook, and that's slash NerdAppropriate on Facebook as well. And if you are going to PAX Prime, you can go to NAPP5.NerdAppropriate.com. That's NAP5, and it's a little sign-up for our new uh, NAP, our, our biannual, right? Bi-annual. Yeah, I guess it's, yeah. That's the right way to say that, yeah. right? Biannual uh, pre-PAX gathering, yeah. and uh, the sign-up's there. Please come out. So please come out and hang out with us. And uh, that this is Comic-Con. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. That's sad. I feel like this makes it more over than it did earlier. Yeah, all right. All right. Later, guys. See ya.
Scott can edit this? Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> It'll probably be done by the time we return oh to God. the East Coast. I feel weird right now. 